Gano. It is good, and Carolina gets a road win in New England. The offense clicked into gear for the Panthers. Bill Belichick and Matt Patricia will have to go to work. 33 to 30 win as Graham Gano knocks it through easily from 48 yards away. Hello, everybody. Welcome into Title Town, Week Four, Episode Five. The clip you just heard. Uh, Graham Gano's game-winning field goal at home against the Patriots. How'd you feel about that one, Clacky? Uh, woof. Not, not a great look not coming ideal. out of them this week. Yeah, two and two. Not really the start that I think any of us were expecting for sure. There was so much nineteen and zero talk, and I just feel like week over week now, uh, you know, a quarter of the way through the season, we've just been talking about them not living up to expectations. Uh, yes, and so for those who uh, for those who may not know, uh, the Patriots lost this past Sunday by a score of thirty three to thirty to the Carolina Panthers at home in Gillette Stadium. They are now two and two on the season at the quarter quarter post of the of the NFL season. Four games in, and they're at five hundred. The Buffalo Bills right now sitting atop the AFC East. <laughs> what a world! Uh, and they are one and two at home, which is I mean this is this is a team with one of the best home records in the history of the sport. Pretty concerning little little start to the season here, I, I think is safe to say. Yeah, I think that's an understatement. Uh, they All we heard about the whole offseason was how they were loaded up and the best season ever, and they were ready to go, and they were getting the sixth one for Brady. It is crazy. I mean, it almost makes you feel stupid, you know, <laughs> like, yeah, like yeah. looking back on the preseason talk being, you know, a lot of, I mean, thank God we weren't on uh, podcasting at that point. We would have been like, ah, fuck, they're going to fucking yeah. blow everybody off the field. Everyone's terrible, 40 <laughs> to nothing, every game. Yeah, so thankfully we weren't <laughs> able to commit our, our opinions at that time to, uh, to podcasts, but I mean, we were definitely, as everybody seemingly was, riding high, and there was quite a bit of nineteen and zero talk. And here we are at five hundred, four games in. Yeah, but we can still feign humility, right? And that's really the key. <laughs> I knew it. I knew it. Looking at them, they didn't look good. You're all just a bunch of homers. They look terrible. So speaking of looking terrible, yeah, <laughs> let's jump right into opening takes. Uh, my opening take, I actually was not able to watch the game live this weekend, but was following it on my phone and watched it after the fact. And, you know, it was clear by the outcome and clear by from the radio call that the defense had a bad day. Defense played terribly. So here we are Monday morning as I go back to actually watch the game. And I was still shocked at how poorly <laughs> the defense played. Knowing full well that they lost the game and knowing full well that they had a bad day, I was amazed at some of the blown coverages, I've got t- two examples in particular. One was the Malcolm Butler interception, either late in the first quarter or early in the second quarter. I don't quite remember. But that Butler interception, I mean, I'm glad he made the play. It was a bad throw on Cam Newton's part. He overthrew his guy by a pretty wide margin. However, the fact that Malcolm Butler was even down there was a blown coverage. He had uh, 17 there. What's his name? Help me out. 
Funches, Devin Funches. Yeah, yeah, he had yeah. Devin Funches wide open. Yeah, that guy was all over the place the whole game. He was just rolling around like he was in Central Park for a nice afternoon job. <laughs> yeah, like exactly. I mean, so so even on the interception, which is a play that you can feel good about and certainly felt good at the time. I mean, you know, this was early in the game. I think it was still three three at that point. I mean, you feel good about it, but in the back of your head, I'm thinking, I mean, that was a blown coverage right there and just a bad decision from Cam Newton to not go to a (laughs) wide open Devin Funches to his right. And so he ends up throwing that pick. The other example of just this mind boggling uh, poor defense is on the Fozzie Whitaker touchdown run. I think it was uh, their tight end Dixon. Also, yeah. wide his ass open in the in the left flat. Cam Newton had two options. You could even make the argument that the the easier throw. He had two choices. He had two wide open guys who could have like crab walked into the end zone Rolled. from where they were. Yeah, yeah. and he ma- he even made the more difficult of the two throws. You could yeah, even- well, you might as well show off at that point. <laughs> yeah, like I was. I mean, again, like going into the game knowing that the defense had a bad day, like I was still shocked at the at what I saw in just the miscommunications. I mean, it's like they're losing these, you know, we see this on the other side of the ball with Brady. We've seen it plenty of times over the years where it feels like they've already won the offensive series before the ball's even snapped. Where D- Brady looks at the defense and he knows exactly what's happening and he knows where he's going with the ball and then he snaps it and just in and it's over before it even starts. It feels like sometimes. I felt the same way just in the opposite orientation where I mean, I'm sitting there watching, and again, like, I knew the outcome, whatever, but, like, I don't know the outcome of any given play, and I'm watching Stephon Gilmore, and I'm watching Malcolm Butler and Dante Hightower, and, like, you know, Cam Newton's up at the line, like, snapping the ball, and they're still hollering at each other and pointing and running, and it's, like, it is clearly just a disaster back there. Holy moly. Yeah, I mean, I think all you need to know about the defensive performance this week is that the guy that won my DraftKings league had Cam Newton as a starting quarterback. And, and that's all you need to know. Smoked everybody. <laughs> and like, who, it's ridiculous. Who would have expected? I was like, Cam Newton, idiot. Yeah, look at me down at the bottom of the list, though. And, you know, thank uh, thank you for that analogy, too, because we all understand the world through the lens of your DraftKings roster. <laughs> Listen, everyone understands sports betting. Everyone would know in a fantasy league, you can take any quarterback you want. Is Cam Newton the guy you're picking up this year? Or the guy you expect to win is the guy that has Cam Newton? Yeah, no. no. I just, I'm, by a lot. I'm glad. I feel much more better informed about this week's game now that I know that you didn't do well on draft. Yeah, well, it's making me irritated that I keep losing to <laughs> shitty teams that I shouldn't be losing to. And you speaking. If you want to know the truth of it, <laughs> the Patriots keep hosing me every goddamn week and I can't win my money back. Also, for for those of us, for those of you out there that haven't yet noticed, uh, Clark, he's on the, pulling a work from home today. Uh, was <laughs> unable to make it to Revival House Recording and Film to actually record alongside me in person. So, well, here's what we got. It was like the cl- it was the classic like soft call in sick, and then the boss is like, "Could you work from home?" Except for that, I could never tell you what to do ever, but. It's the closest analogy that I can arrive at. Uh, yeah, I mean, you know, you're sick, you're sick. I didn't want to come in there getting my germs all on you. No, you're right. Thank you. Thank you for that. I, pre- I yeah, appreciate you. you helping me out. Jerk. All right, your opening take. Yeah, my opening take. Man, uh, those penalties, uh, you know, you're talking about the defense. Ooh, those penalties were real killer. And to be honest, y- you know, there's good penalties sometimes, and then there are sloppy penalties. Mm. And I just felt like so many of them were just sloppy bad play not even on the ball penalties and 
You could blame some of it on the refs. I think they called that game a little weirdly tight. And like, there is a point where you got to let the players play. Yeah. Um, and they, they clearly weren't into that philosophy. Uh, but to give you some statistics, cause we're all about facts here. All about uh, yeah, mostly the Pats had seven penalties for 55 yards. Uh, Carolina one flag in the whole game. Holy shit. Really? And even that, yeah. And even that flag was kind of a bullshit, like, oh, we called Gronk for that P.I. and probably Oh, that was have. the makeup call. It, yeah, the Gronk the makeup, makeup call. call. Right, 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 right. That was it. That was the only flag on them the entire game. And it was a big one. But, you know, when you have that many penalties, seven penalties, and like it only added up to 55 yards, so they clearly weren't giant penalties but that's just such a momentum killer and they were they were significant too i mean it, it sorry to cut you off but it so two third downs called back from offensive pass interference the second of which the refs kind of threw gronk a bone and he he embellished the the defensive pi uh, yeah quite he a sold bit, it. which was i mean i was happy to see I the mean, flags come out i think that was pretty clearly a makeup call but then you fast forward to the end of the game and you've got stefan gilmore on a third down where dietrich wise got a sack they're off the field. They did their job. Dietrich Wise is celebrating a sack, and the flags come out, and because Stefan Gilmore stuck his hands in in uh, Cal- I think it was Kelvin Benjamin's face mask, and you're like, God, like you know, you, like you said, the the penalties there weren't that many of them, but the ones that they were were the they're killers. Yeah, and and off the ball, and I just think those Stefan Gilmore penalties, you know, oh boy, shit list, just piss me off. Like, how do you get two? Hands in the face calls in the same game. You got to learn and adapt. Like you have to be able to figure out how the refs are calling that game. They're going to call you for that and like not take that second penalty. That's a stupid penalty to take. And you're right. It called back that sack that they needed. They were finally stopping them on third down. They were going to get the ball back with over two minutes to go. And instead they continue the drive and the, you know, they end up scoring the field goal and winning the game. And that's just uh, like, you can squarely put that on Stefan Gilmore's stupid ass penalty that he's taking in the fourth quarter for no reason. You'd already been called for it once. Learn, learn, my man. And on a day where the defense has been struggling so much, the 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 kick in the balls to me is the it was a sack. It was a third and eighth <laughs> yeah. sack. You got him. It was over. Oh my god, just away from the ball. It doesn't get it doesn't get much worse than that. And the fact that you like you said that was his second is just yeah, is just mind numbing. Yeah, Stefan Gilmore, two weeks in a row now, are firmly, firmly planted on the shit list, cementing himself on the shit list. Uh, like the Three Stooges, like you could watch an episode of the Three Stooges, and it would literally look <laughs> the same as the Patriots secondary running around, just like poking each other in the eye. I, yeah, it was a mess back there. It, it's a disaster. They, they don't. They seem to just be chasing a guy around. And he's not the guy even getting the ball. Like, are they playing man? Are they playing zone? Are they playing for a different team? I don't know what what their plan is, but it's not working. I would maybe feel a little better if, like, you know, some hardcore X's and O's person was like, well, you know, they tried to do this, 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 and it was all this, like, super complicated, like, really right. schemed up stuff. This is just, like, 101, like, who's got who? Like, this is, like, backyard football. Like, I'll cover Tim, you cover Dave, and, like, <laughs> hike. You know what I mean? Like, this is, like, basic. Yeah. Anyways, so it should be a great short week uh, for the Patriots. I'm sure that's a real yeah. lively locker room today and tomorrow. Oh, yeah, I bet, it's a, I bet it was a great time awesome. down at Gillette today. I'm sure Bill was real uh, pumped, and I'm very nice to all of them. Yeah, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm sure it was just, like, cake and ice cream, you know. Yeah. 
It's a big old party and presents for everybody. Very Oprah-y. Uh, you know what I do want to point out? This is a complete switching of gears. Go ahead. Your boy, Guskowski. Ooh, don't even get me going. Go ahead. He looked better. Shanks Guskowski. Yeah. <laughs> when he kicked, uh, what was that? The franchise record. Yeah, the 58 yard. I mean, he 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 rang like, the oh. iron twice in this game. I'll give him. I'll give him a pass on the 58 yarder. However. Hey. I have long since contended that those types of field... I mean, these guys, if you've ever shown up to one of these games early, I mean, like, th- these field goal kickers in the NFL are booting these from 50, 60 yards regularly during practice. So, sure, like, situationally, it's not always a good... De- it's, it's rarely a good decision to take kicks like that, but, like, functionally, as a kicker, that's not that hard of a kick. Just because it doesn't get it doesn't get attempted <laughs> often doesn't mean that it's, like, this crazy high degree of difficulty. He's whacking uprights. I mean, he's way low on the problem list right now, but, like, don't sleep on Steven Goskowski. This dude... This dude's a he's a he's a liability. I'm telling you, he's gonna leave by the end of the season. There's gonna be brown scuff marks all over the all over the uprights at Gillette because he has to bank. He has to kick these bank shots to get chip field goals. They're up in the paint budget. Yeah, yeah, they're getting like they they have <laughs> to put like sealant more, on it. Even yeah. More. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, uh, so before we get to our guest, Jerry Thornton, um, we'd like to remind you all to, if you are a fan of our podcast, uh, subscribe on iTunes and give us a follow on Twitter. We are at TitletownCast. As we discussed last week, our DMs or direct messages are open and feel free to send us any sort of uh, thoughts or reactions you have about the show here. And if you are uh, subscribing on iTunes, please give us a rating. What are the rules regarding ratings, uh, Melissa? It is hashtag five stars only. That's five stars only is the is the just sort of the it's general the guideline for providing ratings for and this. And also program. as an aside, I understand the irony of our Trump episode last week and that we were talking about no one should tell other people what to do, and that I said that you should only rate us as five stars. Well, you but know. Come on. Come on. <laughs> I was with I was and continue to be willing to give you a pass on that. Ergo, my opinions don't really matter, but only five stars, please. You feel better now that you got that off your chest? I do. I do. I caught a little platform. I was like, okay, here, let's relax. Um, all right. Well, then, without further ado, uh, let's get to the interview with Jerry. All right, ladies and gentlemen, we are joined now by Jerry Thornton from Barstool Sports. He is the host of the uh, Laces Out podcast from Barstool. How you doing, Jerry? Uh, it's great, Craig and, and Melissa. Thanks for having me on. It's it's a pleasure to talk to you guys. Yeah, no problem. And uh, just to run our listeners through some of your credentials, uh, Jerry is the is a longtime Boston sports writer. He's also the author of uh, From Darkness to Dynasty, which is a book about the Patriots' uh, not-so-decorated past and takes you right up to their dynastic present. Um, and you can check that out. You can grab it on Amazon. The link's in Jerry's Twitter. Uh, what's yeah, that? Thank you. No, that's a spot-on description. It's it's. I grew up when the Patriots were not just bad, not just dysfunctional, but the laughing stocks of pro sports where my older brothers raised me to care about a team that went 11 years playing in like hell holes, like, you know, like dumps, like BU and Harvard stadium or, or whatever. And, and the Patriots were like that. Um, they, they were like that stray dog that followed me home that I just weirdly <laughs> fell in love with. Like they had three legs and two different. You try to eyes. shoo them off. Yeah. yeah. 
Yeah. And, and I wanted them and I wanted to take them home. Like, Oh, come on. Can I have them as my own? Like for whatever reason, the Patriots who were the Shemp of Boston sports kind of imprinted on me and I, I regret nothing. And it's, it's why I'm so psychotic about defending this team and, you know, and standing up for everything that they've done and enjoying the crap out of everything they're accomplishing. Because I remembered when you they were their home games weren't on TV, and I'd be in my room like listening to them on a friggin' you know clock radio while all the normal kids were out playing in the street. So, you know, I, it's all paying off during this this era. But this is why I am the way I am, Craig. All right, well then let's jump into it. Um, you know, it's funny you make a, a Three Stooges reference because that was, uh, in not so many words, how Melissa moments ago uh, described the Patriots secondary in uh, their game just recently at home against the Carolina Panthers. So my question to you, Jerry, is should we be panicking uh, about the defense of this team? And what do you think the root causes of their um, of their poor performance so far in the season? Is it coaching? Is it communication? Is it talent? Um, tell us what's going on there. Uh, let me correct Melissa about one thing. The Three Stooges would be much better at coverage than <laughs> this current secondary. I, I'm telling you, Larry wasn't good, but he would have been able to do a little bit more of a bump and run. Look, I don't, <laughs> I, I'm, I'm trying to process it too, because to me, and I, boy, I hate to scapegoat anybody, but who's the new guy? Who's the guy who hasn't been in the system the most? It's Stefan Gilmore. Yeah. And, you know, you saw the results. How many times against Carolina were they doing the motioning thing and the hand gestures and the communicating? And then two guys would follow one guy and leave an entire side of the field completely unguarded. And time and time again, when that happened, it was the new guy. Well, newsflash, Stefan Gilmore is not that new. Right. You know, as I think it was Duran Harmon said, no excuses. We've been together since April. I think he's the guy who's just not grasping what the hell he's supposed to be doing. Yeah, I mean, I think the answer to the, the my answer to the should we be panicking question is yes, absolutely. Oh, I think oh, we yeah. should be. I, thank you. I am in full on five alarm panic. Full mode. panic. And, oh, yeah. And, and let's not like have any illusions about this team that just eviscerated them. I mean, this was this was a pure vivisection. This was uh, from a bad Panthers team that went into the game with a total of three touchdowns on the season. So as an extension of that, and this is something that um, I certainly noticed on Twitter, was aggravating lots of Patriots fans, myself and I believe you included, watching that Colts game on Sunday night. There seems to be a handful of former Patriots, particularly defensive players, all across the league, you know, it, Jabal Sheard in last night's Col game, Colts game, uh, yeah. Justin Coleman, Coney yep. Ely's making plays for the Jets on Sunday, and then you've got uh, Chris Long, Logan Ryan, if you go back a little bit farther, Chandler Jones, Jamie Collins. H how do you feel about just the, the distribution of former defensive Patriots talent all across the league? Yeah, I'll put an asterisk in um, Chandler Jones and Jamie Collins just for this reason. The Patriots won a Super Bowl without them. As fair a matter enough. of fact, fair it, yeah, and, and Collins— Is it fair to say the, barely? Is it fair to say barely won a Super Bowl without them? <laughs> yeah, I mean, sure, against, you know, a, an amazing—the uh, the league's leading offense. Right. But they improved after they let Jamie Collins go. But I, I chalk that up as them— 
as Belichick's way of just Jedi mind tricking his his entire roster and saying, I will get rid of this guy, the best athlete on either side of the ball, and I will win with Kyle Van Noy and a Landon Roberts and Shane McClellan or whatever, and proceeded to do exactly that. So mm-hmm. yes, I, I saw the same thing you saw this week, like like Chris Long playing a metric butt ton of plays, uh, you know, and Justin Coleman with a pick six, and Jabal Sheard was just annihilating the Seattle offensive line, at least in the early going of the game. So it's frustrating. So we've been talking to Jerry Thornton from Barstool Sports. He's the host of the very popular Laces Out uh, podcast from Barstool there. He has told us that he is in full panic, full panic, as it relates to uh, the Patriots defense and more specifically their secondary. Now, uh, we got a short week Going into uh, this Thursday night game against the Bucks in Tampa Bay, uh, what should they address immediately? And if there is one thing that they need to address right now, is it even possible to make those adjustments in this shortened time frame before they have to play on Thursday night? Well, you know, Craig, we just play the schedule as it is for every short week. Uh, don't give me that. For every don't give me that. Week is a long week. Got to coach it better. Got to play it better. Um, I, I think what I would do, and this is like the biggest concern I have, is. The comments in the locker room afterwards where I think like the, the 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 guys in the secondary were being both accountable and very honest when they said right. it's as simplified as it can be. And when it's that simplified and you still still getting this crazy miscommunication, like like that weird thing where Han Solo speaks English and Chewbacca speaks Wookiee, but they don't speak each other's <laughs> language, but they sort of understand. Like, maybe they can figure that out. But um, maybe that's the solution. So, okay, you, you say you're athletic. We signed you for a reason. Just take a guy, figure him out, and the rest of us will play like a 10-on-10 kind of a scheme that, that we're doing. Um. And then as far as the offense, I, I don't think they really need to do much other than to do what they did against Carolina, which is kind of shorten up the passing game a little bit. Like Brady has, one, been um, throwing deep balls at a rate he never has before. And, and yeah. two, getting sacked like he never has before. Yeah. And we, Odd how those two things tend to uh, tend to correlate. Yeah, and it's great when it, you know, leads to a, an amazing comeback against, the, you know, an aggressive defense like Houston's. But in the long run, I think you're better off doing what we saw against Carolina, which is the short passing game, opening that kind of stuff up, hitting Gronk up the seam and, you know, and, and giving your offensive line a chance to – buy him some time, which they did on those final two drives when they, they tied it up. Like, you know, they, they were five guys blocking four and it was, you know, it was, they, they figured it out and they got into a rhythm of, of pass blocking or whatever. I think those two things and you start, you know, you, if, let's say they can go down to Tampa and steal a game from them and not make Jameis Winston look like friggin' 1999, uh, you know, Kurt Warner. <laughs> and then you've got that long week afterwards to, to figure it out. So just steal a win. Had they stolen this win of, uh, yeah. against 
uh, Carolina, I still wouldn't be feeling that great because the weaknesses were so glaring. You go, you can't just continue to play like garbage for 50 minutes and then say, right. Well, that was week three, right? Basically. Exactly. You, you just, ex- just ex- described the game against the Texans. Yeah. Let's say that the, that the Panthers missed that kick at the end of regulation and the Pats right. went in overtime. You and I are feeling a tiny bit better about it only because they're three and one instead of two and two, but we're still saying this is a glaring, glaring weakness. And I'm telling you, I am so happy that this morning I wasn't in that film room because it must've been like watching snuff films. Like it must've just been (laughs) like, like, all right, there you go. Kyle Van Noy flat on your ass. while while uh, Newton runs one right up the middle. All right. Cassius Marsh, you didn't, you know, set the edge and, and he goes running around end to pick up a first down, you know, here's a blown coverage. Here's another blown coverage. So, um, I, I yeah, a lot of heads and hands in the Pat's film room this week oh, for sure. God, yeah. And, and I, I, you know, the, the podcast I do is with, uh, AJ Hawk who knows quite a bit about defense and he thinks you and I are out of our minds for being as panicky as we are because he says the Patriots figure it out. They always do. And they have, I mean, they, they don't look worse than they did in 2014 after four games. You know, it's just right. we're not used to sitting here going, wait, they're looking up at the Jets and the Bills right now? Everything right, I know right, is wrong. Right. All right. So real quick, Jerry, before we let you go, what is your prediction for Thursday night in Tampa? I don't need numbers or anything, but just you taking the pats or no? All right. I'm going to my default setting. This is where they figure it out. This is where on to Cincinnati. You know, after Trent was going, they're they're just not good anymore. Where, yeah, Belichick is going to use his uh, his Doctor Strange powers to bend space and time and like make it all well again. Because if I don't think that, then I'm just spend this whole week like (laughs) staring at the ceiling at night, unable to unable to sleep. All right, Jerry. Well, I hope you're right, my friend. Hey, hey I and I, I. What what is your prediction? I need to get that. I think they're going down. I think they are going down. And you know, you, you the, in the same way that you just mentioned the uh, the on, on to Cincinnati game. I think that's coming the following week. I think at the Jets is going to be. I think the Jets are going to be the whipping boy for what what I think will be two weeks, well, really three weeks of poor play resulting in what I'm predicting in two losses in the Carolina game and the Tampa game. And I think I think the the uh, the week, what will that be at that uh, point? Five? Uh, that will be six. six, yeah. Six, yeah. So I think week six at the Jets is going to be the turnaround point in in classic Belichick form, just beating up on his former team, the Jets. I think, I think it's going to come oh, right there. It, it, as long as it's one of them, because tenant. Yeah, I mean that's assume we're both you and I are both. This is this is you and I are both the uh, assuming that there will be a a turnaround point. Yeah, I mean eleven and five <laughs> wins this division by like the second week in December. It's just I'm not I'm right. not used to them not having it wrapped up by Thanksgiving. You know, Same. so um, I hope I'm right. You're being more realistic, but. Um, my God, this this can't continue because this is this is what it feels like to be a fan of one of the other thirty one teams. Every and other I, and team. I, and I don't <laughs> want to live like that. No, 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 no. We've grown accustomed to to a better way. We we have a way of living, you know. And again, like I like I sort of hinted about it at the beginning of the the podcast. I'm still that guy who like 
your, your, your great grandpa who grew up in the depression. And even though he's rich now, he's still like saving tinfoil. Cause he thinks he'll be a short. He's <laughs> like, like I, I'm just wired by my background to always fear the yeah. worst about the Patriots. But at the same time, the good thing is it makes me enjoy the best. Like I don't take anything for freaking granted. Right. And I'm not right. going to take for granted that this team has a chance to still make a run and, and be the Super Bowl champ. All right. Well, you heard it here first, folks. Uh, Jerry Thornton, thank you so much for joining us on Title Town, And uh, let's do it again sometime soon, man. You know, it was the first time we've talked. Let's do it again. Appreciate you and appreciate Melissa having me on. All right. So that was Jerry. He's panicking. Melissa, are you panicking? I'm panicking, Greg. I'm panicking. Uh, we're all panicking. Oh, I'm my God. We're all panicking. so hard. It's broken. Uh, you know, and I think there's a few things to panic about. We talked in the opening and we asked a lot of questions about the defense. And I think we've panicked about that for uh, the whole season so far. About, yeah, about 25 minutes straight at this point. Yeah. Well, more than that, about four <laughs> weeks straight now. Um, but I also think, you know, uh, the other thing I'm panicking about is the amount of time that Brady has spent on the ground. I think he's been sacked 13 times already this season. And last season, he was only sacked a total of 15. And like, woof. That's, that's a lot for any quarterback to be hit and to be spending on the ground. So while we're panicking about the defense and not being able to stop anybody, we also have an offensive line that can't keep anybody out. Yeah. And it's funny too, cause it's, you know, the, the, the only thing real or one of the only things really recently that have been keeping these games competitive. And certainly in the case of the Houston win is the performance of, of the quarterback. And, you know, we think we got problems now. If he goes down and we have a quarterback controversy on our hands, then then we've got some. That that's a whole the whole season just becomes a whole different animal at that point. Yeah, and it, it's concerning. I mean, I think the other side of that is he's also like on pace for a record year in yards, which speaks to your point about like they've been relying on him for those comebacks. Right. So it's not even like you know you wonder if there's a correlation between having to make these comebacks. It means they have to keep throwing. They can't turn it over to their running game late in the game. And so Brady's having to stay in the pocket longer and try to make big plays, which of course opens him up to being hit more. So it's a little bit of a chicken and an egg scenario. Like is Brady getting hit more because he's spending more time in the pocket or are they down and, you know, having to make these fourth quarter comebacks because he's getting hit more and not able to complete some passes that he would have in previous years. This is why we're panicking folks. This is why the panic lever has been pulled yeah and hopefully you're all uh, panicking now too i mean <laughs> i think we've made the case for panic at this point it yeah for sure for sure for sure it's bad sure. <laughs> so uh jerry on the slightly optimistic side uh talked himself into predicting a patriots turnaround onto cincinnati style win on thursday i feel the opposite i think they're going down and that they're gonna have that that comeback game the following week in new york against the jets clarky what do you think? I'm with Jerry. Ah! I think it's a win. Ever the optimist. I, apparently I am. Who would have thought? <laughs> Not something you'd expect to see uh, as a superlative for me. But I, I do. I think that they have a chance against Tampa Bay. I think it's hard to imagine the Patriots going two and three. Um, and we just know the way this team tends to respond to things. And I think even listening to some of the stuff Bill said today in some of his post-game interviews and his conference call uh it sounds like he knows what the problem is and can fix it um you know i think that he is going to have this team mentally prepared i think he is going to go back to being that 
motivator, team builder, um, and getting the team ready. You know, it's not about their ability to execute, I guess. It's more about their ability to know what the plan is is all right well melissa's got him uh penciled in for a win on thursday as does jerry thornton from barstool i'm i'm riding the l train i think they're going down that's rough Uh, but we will see and uh, you will hear our thoughts all about it next week on title town thank you very much for listening and we will see you next week 